And if a client needs me, and even though I may have had a lot to do that given day, I will either talk to them that day or find a, a day I can talk to them. So everybody knows I'll get back to them. And I think that is the most comforting thing an agent can do in, in a very difficult, cold, frightening industry is there's one warm person that is always there talking to you about you and how great you are. Hi, and welcome to Make and Tribute Diverse. I'm Brenna Jenneret, children's lit author, mom, rock climber, and co-host of this podcast, obviously. My co-host is Josh Munkin, a children's lit author, dad, and science communicator. Today's guest is, oh my God, Joyce Sweeney. And what you just heard encapsulates the very essence of them. They are that warm person in the often difficult and unforgiving terrain of the kidlit world, whether you're repped by them or not. We were lucky enough to get an hour of their time to chat about perseverance, aerospace birds, and space cats, no queries please, and just how far the generosity of the kidlit world extends. If you need a reminder to keep going, listen to the end of this episode for your virtual hug. So without any further chit chat, here's Joyce's verse. It's too much. Well, so Joyce, first, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We are just so pleased to have you. And uh, the, the fact that you said yes so readily and easily, we both were like, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Like messaging back and forth. We're because so pleased to have you. I was listening to my friend Caitlin and she was having such a good time with you guys. I was like, I want to play. I want to come on the show. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. Caitlin was great. And she, I mean, she really is such a connector. I mean, she hooked us up with so many other great people because, you know, like you said, everybody loves Caitlin. So it's like, well, I, yeah. I want to hang out. I want to do yeah. what Caitlin Anything did. Anything Caitlin right? does, I want to do. Yes. <laughs> Except have kids. <laughs> so no kids. Got, got it, got it. Yeah. Yes. No kids, just kid lit. Right. Yeah. I have a cat. Uh, you can funny. read to the cat. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. I do that's read funny. to the cat. Doesn't everybody read to their cat? Yeah, right. I think everybody does that. Sure, that's normal. <laughs> My cat couldn't care less. So Joyce, you're you're a relatively new agent, right? So when did you can you tell me again when the date the year is that you started? Oh yes. It's very memorable because it was January twenty twenty and it was minutes before COVID. So <laughs> <laughs> so you're an agent. Your job is to travel the world, schmooze with people, meet with people and do stuff. And then, uh, no, you're not going to do that. Which actually Welcome. was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It gave me like an incubation period and a learning curve mm. to sort of do it this way in my little box. And actually, my first in-person event is going to be um, next weekend at an SCBWI conference. And I can't wait, even though I'm Ooh. mad about that. Now. The second <laughs> But I can't wait because I can't wait to see all my Florida friends for one thing and see my Florida clients like we're all going to be there. Yes. And it's just going to be cool to be an agent in public. Like I'm planning my clothes carefully. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. I that's such a big it's such a big transition. Right. And I feel like it's I think it's really a great thing and such a, a nice thing in terms of access that COVID has opened things up a little bit more. You know, like a lot of the conferences are virtual, so right. you don't have to necessarily travel there, which is, I mean, that's a huge barrier for people. Josh has kids. I have kids. You know, like we have to juggle all of that stuff and taking that time off and traveling on top of it and all the stuff. It's not always possible. So yeah. opening it up in that regard is, you know, has been sort of a nice thing. Um but, you know, meeting in public, too, I mean, that's a whole different connection, like meeting face to face and sort of like getting to know people that way is just exactly. a whole different layer. So it'll be it'll be an adventure. Definitely. If you started agenting in January 2020, I'm curious if there was interning shadowing, what the, what the process was in the lead up to that, whether you'd had some relationships that you had already built before that time or has it all been in the past two years? No. Yeah. Yes and no. Um my whole life, I was a creative writing teacher, a mentor. I would go to conferences and like connect people with agents. And so I was sort of doing something like agenting. You may have seen me on social media giving magic beans out to people when they get published. I was doing that for years. So, um, so I've always been like mentoring writers and connecting with industry people. So, and as a writer, I was connected with industry people. So I didn't go in like, oh my gosh, who are these people? Um, I did go in finding out, oh my gosh, there's 15 imprints of Penguin Random House. I never realized that before, <laughs> you right. know, so it was all bigger and more grandiose than I realized. But 
I kind of had a, a, a knack for it. I think that's why I was offered the job. I think that's why Nicole offered me the job. She said, you're, you've been doing this anyway. Why not go the extra mile and get the imprimatur? So, so it, it wasn't too bad. You know, I have a, a slight learning disability. So inputting emails correctly is difficult for me. So my, the hardest part of the first six months was transposing things in emails and having them bounce on me and, you know, feeling like, oh, I didn't send that out. Now I got to do it again. So I don't think that's the worst. You know, it wasn't like I was sending out bad work into the industry or anything like that. Everything went fine. I made sales my first year. So I was pretty wow. gratified about that. So yeah. I, I, I feel good now. I feel well seasoned. And it was almost, like I said, nice to learn a lot of the job without having to travel. And then now, you know, it's just icing on the cake to do it now because I feel confident about it. So you can just do an increasing amount of your business without having to click confirm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Hey, you're muted. Yeah, I'm so tired of saying that. <laughs> so wait. You're going to go, you... I, hey, I wish I could mute you. Yeah. <laughs> you come with a mute button. Do you, okay, wait. So I can we circle back to the magic beans? What are the magic beans that you gave out? Okay. I was, I was a writing teacher and a developmental editor. And so like working with writers for like 25 years and I had a, I had a class, um, I had a very advanced workshop. It was invitation only. I was picking and choosing really likely to get published people and somebody got published. And then we were kind of like, well, there should be, there should be like a ceremony. We should give a gift. We should have a trophy because it's such a big deal to get traditionally published. So um, I had a friend in that class who had just come back from Costa Rica and she was sort of a, a mixed media artist and she had illegally brought some seed pods back <laughs> uh, from the Guanacaste tree and she broke it open to see what the seeds looked like. And they were these beautiful, hold on, you can see them. Oh, cool. We'll describe them to you. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. like really pretty if I can get it like close enough to the camera. I don't think it oh, shows. Oh, I can see like, yeah, there's it like a sheen. black circle inside of a brown. It's like really oh, yeah. pretty. Yeah, I do and see that's it That's why they naturally come out. They're really pretty. So anyway, we decided, okay, that's cheap and plentiful. I just have to send people to Costa Rica every couple of years to buy it. <laughs> it's a write-off. It's fine. Yeah, now, we, now we cut necklaces apart from the gift shop and the hotels and whatever. But, um, you know, and I'm up to 76 now. 76 people have gotten magic beans. So, I love that. Joyce, I want a magic bean. When I get published, can I have a magic bean? If I have helped you in any way today, yes. <laughs> yeah, this is helpful already that you've come on the show. I'm so I'm so pleased to have you. Like I said, I'm going to message you when I get published. I'll be like, Joyce, okay. please give me a magic bean. I will give you a magic please, bean. Absolutely give you please a send magic. one magic bean to, uh, to Paige Turner, literary agency. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I love that idea though. Cause it, I mean, yeah, it is a huge deal to get traditionally published. You know, I feel like any book that has done so is like a, a small miracle, you we know, do being... a ceremony, we shake a rattle. So cool. There's like a whole, you know, it's like a one minute ceremony, but everybody whoops and hollers. And it's just like, yes. at least that person gets a token and a, a moment in the sun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to wait five years till you can announce that you're published. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, Joyce, do you still write on the side, or are you just do you just agent? I still write. I still write. Um, I kind of switched gears uh, the last couple of years. I've been working in fantasy a little bit, um, and then that was sort of uh, a held back part of the market. Well, actually, YA was kind of depressed for a couple of years, so I'm I'm writing cloaked and in the dark. And and will emerge someday, <laughs> but now YA fantasy is picking up. So you know, I'm I'm getting close to the time when I would want to see. And I'm also I'm also experimenting with graphic novels, which is like ooh, ooh new, fun. Mm -hmm. Is that the um the genre that you prefer to write in? Is YA or do you write do you write other stuff too, like picture books and? I've always been as a writer all YA. All okay. YA. I I don't have you know as an agent I can represent the littler kids projects but as a writer I don't you know development is right at about age 13. <laughs> so that's yeah that's a perfect voice yeah. for other you people are five-year-olds inside I'm about a 13-year-old inside much yeah it's, I mean it's important to recognize that right because I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of people will start out in picture books and then they have critique partners who are like 
um, this reads a little older. You might want to try, you know, leveling up or like expanding or, you know, vice versa. Like this reads really young. Maybe you should, you know. I have given that note more times than you can imagine because some people really, some people just want to write picture books when they're really a middle grade writer because it seems easy because it's so short. Right. I'll I'll tell them, no, you're, let's go up to a chapter book. Don't be afraid. (laughs) You can do it. Right. Also, so not easy. It is so not easy to write oh, a picture book. Oh, picture books book, are know? the hardest. So difficult. The hardest. And they're the hardest to sell, too, because there's a million of them out there. So oh, my great. gosh. Right. The market is saturated. Uh, it's like a, a insanely difficult puzzle to piece together, right? You have to have all of the pieces of a full story. It's, yeah, it's, it's madness. And every Sorry. word is scrutinized because it's so short. Mm-hmm. So what, what did you creative writing teach during your career? everything i had i had some audio video workshops on every topic i did weekend work workshops with a writing partner um where you know we would take people off for like a plotting weekend and so and we would do all kinds of presentations and exercises and writing time and yummy food and all the things that a retreat should be and um and then from that i went to the video classes so there's a whole set of those somewhere in cyberspace um, so, you know, I've just been teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. But it was, a, it was across genre all over the place. Yeah, it was everybody. It was everybody. So do you still do that kind of, um, that sort of like retreat thing with your clients? Cause I know when we talked to Caitlin, she was saying that Mindy does a lot of like, you know, she tries to, she's very much in there with the morale and, you know, gathering oh. people together. And so I think she, I think Caitlin said that she was the one who sort of started the, Facebook page or the, there's like a meeting that your clients like to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. We have a Facebook page, that's just clients only, and they can talk to each other and it's like a private place where they can discuss everything. And it's, it's great. And we, we have video retreats. We like about twice a year, if I can get my act together twice a year, we do like a massive zoom with, you know, all the clients talking together and that's really fun too. Yeah. No, that sounds, I mean, that sounds really fun. And I'm trying to imagine, right? So how many clients do you have right now, Joyce? Like how many people is that to wrangle? It's in the 40s. Somewhere. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> twice a year, that's pretty impressive to wrangle 40 people for one. They don't, you know, all, they don't all make it on the same day. We find the day when the most people can make it. And then some people forget or some people are in the wrong time zone and they didn't understand the link. And you know, Oh, that would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> so having trouble we just, we just talk to whoever's there. It's usually about 20 people make it from the 40. <laughs> That's still pretty good. I would yeah. say good yeah. turnout. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that we've asked, not that we've got a preponderance of agent guests in our, our stable, but I don't, I don't think that we've ever asked like baseline. What's a normal amount of clients to have. Yeah, right. And I, I suppose I that, no I suppose there's no normal. It really depends on the amount of work that they're producing and what you can personally sort of take on and pitch out. Yeah, because it depends on your style as an agent. Um, I think I'm medium to high. Uh, There's other people in the agency that may have as few as 10 clients and they just want to focus on those 10 people and, and do different things. And there are people I've heard of that have upwards of over 100 I think that would frighten me a little bit. I don't think I could manage that at this moment. I mean, it's it's a little confusing because you always have you're always bringing in new people because you have to do that to keep fresh. Hmm. But you're always there's other people that are dropping out. I'm going to take a year off and write this different book, or you know, so actively pitching, you never have your whole list. It's always a, a portion of your list, so hmm. it's not really as taxing as it sounds. It's not. I don't have to keep track of forty people at once. It's more like twenty. How do you, how do you go about as an agent, like sort of figuring that out? Like if you, you know, cause if you sign 10 clients and they all are writing, I guess it doesn't matter what genre they're writing, but say they're all like just super prolific and they're just constantly producing and sending stuff to you, you know, is that like, like, how do you, I guess, how do you sort of, you know, gauge like who does that? And who maybe doesn't do that. So it's sort of like, okay, well, I can have these really 10, you know, productive people that are, you know, slamming these out. And then there's the other, you know, the other 10 that are sort of like, you know, slower, more methodical, and maybe aren't like sending or they're working on a bigger project. And so it's not, you know, you don't have to sort of keep tabs on them as much. I don't know. I think there's some um, secret part of the brain 
that can track all that because I, I sort of <laughs> yeah because I sort of know uh, you know when I can and can't take a new client and when it's yeah. time and when it's not time. Um, but pe- they produce much more than the industry could take. All, all of them. I mean, I have right. mostly picture book clients, so it doesn't. Not that it's easy to write a picture book, but they have much more work available. But we're always on what's the lead project, how to, especially if it's a person we're breaking into the industry, like what's your strongest? And we just go with that until we're sure we don't want to go with that one anymore. So it's it's not at the rate that they, they produce. It's more, you know, and they're taking, they're basically rotating like a pitch deck. They're like taking turns, going out. It's your turn to go out. What do you want to do? What's our plan? What's our next plan? You know, it's, it's kind of like that. So I'm usually okay. just keeping track of who's ahead, like who's up for May. Who am I going to send out in May? Talk to them. Make sure we have a plan. Make sure we understand and go from there. But, you know, sometimes if you're totally out of balance, like today, I <laughs> I will say I haven't gotten through the morning emails yet, which that should have happened long ago by 11. Um, but <laughs> I'm not there yet. So, you know, sometimes it's like wildly out of control. And other times I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have free time. I can actually read manuscripts. Uh, right. <laughs> despite today being maybe a little bit more out of control than normal that that reads to me as a degree of coordination that um is admirable and not not maybe out of the norm where you're coordinating with your clients to say look hey let's all come together team joyce um we're, i'm gonna submit you and you and you because it's your turn and you've got mm-hmm. something ready um yeah, well, I've tried that from the beginning to let them understand that it is a team because um, if they feel if they feel like they're comp- competing with other people, then you've got a really negative energy. And most of my clients, I just have to say, I have the best clients. They have great attitudes. They're very professional. Usually, I bring in people who have done a lot of work and studied the industry and understand a lot of things. So they're not completely in the dark wondering what's happening all the time. But if they do wonder what's happening, because I'm a client and I know sometimes you're like, what is my agent doing? I haven't heard from her. Is it, is it all over? You know, so then I, I, I let them know if they, if they need to talk for whatever reason, I will stop and make a Zoom for an hour and talk to them. Because sometimes it's just like I'm discouraged. You know, it's a discouraging industry. And everybody's not, you know, even though you look at social media, it's like, oh, everyone is selling books every day, you know, but <laughs> there's, a, there's some of us that are not doing that, you know, you're struggling. And so you have to be able to talk to those people and say, here's why you're struggling. And don't worry, I'm not worried. I'm your agent. And I'm confident about you. And you know, whatever you need to say to them to keep them going. So yeah, it's, yeah, it I mean, it is, it's such a discouraging journey. Right. So to have to have somebody there and to have, you know, like a group of other writers that you're also representing come together and be able to be like, hey, like I I'm feeling I'm feeling it today. Like somebody <laughs> talk me down. Right. It's I feel like so just so helpful. It's like having a lifeline, you know, in the industry. It's like, no, no, like you're fine. Just just take a breath, like keep writing, you know, write through it. I've heard that advice before, which is I told I told myself when I started as an agent, the one thing I was going to do was be a communicator. Because I think in, in a void, writers go downhill. If, if they don't hear anything, they assume the worst, the absolute worst. So I always said to myself, you know, I, I, answer, I answer queries on the spot. I don't have a thing where you hide them <laughs> and then get to them someday. I just, they're there and I deal with them every day. So everybody gets a pretty much a 24 to 48 hour response from me on everything. Oh, wow. And, and I can do that. I can do that. And if a client needs me, and even though I may have had a lot to do that given day, I will either talk to them that day or find a, a day I can talk to them. So everybody knows I'll get back to them. And I think that is the most comforting thing an agent can do in, in a very difficult, cold, frightening industry is there's one warm person that is always there talking to you about you and how great you are. So, And, and to, to your point, I mean, you one of the things that you're doing is creating a a mini community or a class of sorts where they can be collegial for each other and lift each other up. Which I presume is part of, part of your aim in doing that or fostering that. I, I find now in that Facebook group, you know, they're sharing classes that they're taking like, Hey, I just took an illustration class and it was so cool. Then all the illustrators are like jumping on it to do it themselves. So yeah. And they really share information and they do lift each other up. And I've got 
again, I've got a great group and I've got leaders like Mindy. You know, Mindy is practically a, a co-agent with me. I mean, she really does so much and I don't know how she does. She's another Caitlin. I don't know where she gets the hours in her day, but she does a lot for the group and, you know, and she comes up with a lot of wonderful ideas. She taught me how to do an Instagram story and <laughs> things like that, that I had no idea how to do. And she's very patient while I'm learning. And I don't know how to make TikTok videos every once in a while. She'll make some with me. She'll come over and record me and make some. So she's like very helpful with things like that. So I'm very grateful for her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, we've said this before on the podcast. I mean, she's such a bright spot just overall in the Kidlet community. She's always there cheering people on. She is always there with a kind word or encouragement. We'll always answer any question. When PB Party is going on, I am just flabbergasted by her willingness to answer questions, not just questions, but the same questions, you know, or she will just kindly direct people to where they, you know, where they're answered. Um, and, and cheerful, always, with a cheerful spirit yes. every time, every, you know, just so kind. And the yes. PB party now is amazing. I will probably go every year because I've almost always gotten a client with a sale out of PB oh, party wow. because it's, it's immediately um, curated. It's, they've taken a thousand people. They boil it down to those, whatever it is, 50. And then you're there to, the agents are there shopping and looking which editors like it. Like you can't make it, you can't connect the dots any better for me than like, here's two editors that like this and I like it too. I think I'll take it. <laughs> That's yeah, right. Easy. Totally. Because you only need, right. You only need like the three, four people to like this book, right. In the industry, you need the writer, yeah. you need the agent. Well, not, I mean, the agent sometimes, sometimes not, but, and the editor, right. Like you just, the, I say that all the time. I'm like, I just need one more person to like my book. Come on, you know, like get on yeah. board. And Why we can't can do I this. find that one? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. totally true. I mean, Mindy has taken like all of the guesswork out of it. And like you say, yeah, you're just, you're just shopping. I mean, that must feel so nice as an agent, especially because you work with Mindy so closely. I mean, you know, her tastes and what she likes and doesn't like, and you know, her sort of like overall you know, taste for things. So just to go in there and have so much trust already is. And I will say she's recruited a whole bunch of my other clients to be her helpers now. Like the the whole, the whole curation team is basically my clients that Mindy has (laughs) recruited. Wouldn't you like, you're so good at rhyme. Wouldn't you like to read these? Oh, awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Well, with that much going on, you have to be good at delegation. So exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my, my reflection on, Mindy is, is Brenda, to your point, it, never, it doesn't seem like PB party ever stops. I mean, the train keeps there's on other, chugging there's, along. Yes. There's PB party. What are you proud of this week? They're like the, yeah, PB party never ends. And it's amazing. And again, I, I've watched people. It's like American idol. I've watched people come up through the ranks. Like they didn't make it last year, but they make it this year and you know, things like that. And there's, there's people that you sort of watch you know, they're the, the rising stars. And then you, when they show up in the showcase, you're like, yep, I've been watching you. I'm, I'm going to bid on you. So yeah, <laughs> you know, we talked to um, Jennifer March Soloway last week and she said the same thing. You know, she's got her eye on like a couple of people and she's sort of waiting to see, you know, when they're ready and when she's ready and when it's the right time. And so I, yeah, that, that was interesting to hear that because I didn't realize, you know, that agents were so sort of clued into that. But if, I mean, of course you would be. But so do you always, is that sort of, do you always have sort of your feelers out and you're sort of like aware of people, you know, who are doing well in these contests and sort of like moving up? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to say too much because anybody that I've ever, you know, interacted with on social media will say, oh, she's watching me. She's going <laughs> to. Right. Yes. I don't mean to imply that. Yeah. I <laughs> So, I'm just curious about, you know, the but overall. Yes, there, there are people I have fond feelings for, and I'm still thinking, you know, when the time is right, that might be a person for me, for sure. Yeah. I I had gotten a pass from Jennifer, I think maybe like two weeks before she tweeted something like that a year ago. And I, <laughs> that, is, that same experience, oh, that must have been mine. Was the, the one the one among the four hundred she received and passed on like that right, that week? Right. I know you don't want to. Don't want to raise any false hopes of me. Yeah, for sure. And now it's time for a cookie break. When each episode, we do a bite-sized review of a book we loved. This week, Josh chose Garbage Island by Fred Kaler. 
and said it was delightful, quirky, grumpy, and compassionate. I reviewed If Your Babysitter is a Bruja by Anna Siquera, illustrated by Irina Fertas. This bouncy bilingual book captures the runaway imagination of childhood with enchanting illustrations and the perfect tricky protagonist. Pick yours up today. Check out the show notes for links for the authors, illustrator, and where to buy the books. Make sure to get your own reviews or library requests in. It's the number one thing that can help an author's sales. And now back to our show. It's so funny though that that these events, and we talked to Caitlin about this, these these events become kind of a talent pipeline. And it allows you to sort of bubble up and showcase yourself in a in a safe way. It's not a pitch contest where it's just a free-for-all and you're just scrolling and scrolling. It's something that's more curated and intentional that has a filter that's built into it. And yes, acknowledging that a lot of stuff's not going to make it through that filter that may be good, um, but it's a way to reach talent. For sure. It really is. I mean, once you're in there, you know, you've got curated talent. You've got a bunch of people that are winners. There's no doubt about that. So then it just comes down, you know, I'm better at it than I was the first year. Although the first year I got the client that has made the most money for me in my whole time. Oh, wow. That came out of PB Party, Gabrielle Davis. Um, she's just a tremendous, beautiful, beautiful lyrical writer. And, you know, I just put her out there and she sells and put her out there and she sells. So that was that made me love PB party. I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. Um, yeah. But you know, now with more experience, I know exactly what I need. So I'm sort of shopping, not everything I like, but what do I need? Or, you know, where's, you know, cause we always do have to balance our list and make sure we don't have overlapping clients. Um, cause there's only so many editors and you say, this is for this lane. This is for this lane, you know? So but I, I knew just what I wanted this time. Founder got her. Because you have to, you know, you're competing with the other agents too. If you have somebody you want, there could be 10 agents, you know, and then that person's talking to those 10 agents. So then you're like, please, please, please pick me. Um, but I've got her on, she's got two R&Rs from editors now, which is a good sign. Wow, that's so fast. Just from PB Party like this year. Yes, wow. from this year. Super. Wow. That's a, if that happens, it'll be the fastest that it's ever been, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, Joyce, could you could you talk just for a minute about um, going back to to talking more about like what you need? So as an agent, you know, because a lot of us are, you know, we're just getting all kinds of feedback about like, well, it's not right for my list, or you know, this isn't what I'm looking for right now, or whatever. Or you hear stuff about how I already have a similar story, or I have two stories featuring turtles. Like, how does that sort <laughs> of, you know, how does that? Work? <laughs> For I don't want to be the turtle like, agent. Right. <laughs> well, how does that sort of work like in your, because I mean, I don't think there's any like sheet out there that explains, you know, all the categories for agents, like no agent is out there like marking boxes, but sort of how does that work in your brain? Like when, when you know, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Like, how do you know what you're looking for? And, and what are the things that you're looking for? Like, how do you fill out that list? I guess it's more like if, if you were like an agent for actors and you had a certain type and then you say, well, I can't really have another client who's that type because they would be competing with the first person. So you kind of, you know, when I look at prospective new clients, it's like, would they compete with anybody that I already have? Are they so similar that I would never know, you know, which editor to give to which? So it's kind of like, and now, you know, it's much more narrow for me because I have, I do have a big list. And so it's hard to find something that I don't, something that I need, something new that I don't have. And I will say that one thing that breaks my heart with queries is wish lists because you'll make a wish list with everything you love. And so I put everything I love, aerospace, birds, whatever. And then I get those clients and then everyone is still saying, you know, I'm perfect for you because you like aerospace and birds. And I'm like, no, I have my aerospace bird person. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's heartbreaking because they're doing, I, I tell them you're doing the right thing. You use the wish list correctly. You are my type. You're so much my type. I have three clients that are like you, so I can't take I'm you. Already taken. I mean, I'll tell them because yeah, because I, I want them to know they did good research. They did the right thing. It's a good looking, you know. I'm a little crazy. I if it's if it's beautiful and I can't take it, I will tell them it's beautiful because at least I told them it was beautiful. You know, yeah. At least they get something in that day rather than just you don't fit my list. How how real is uh, agent to agent recommending? Or um, I guess put another way, how, how real is it, it or how frequent does it happen that you might recommend, hey, you know, I've got, you've got an aerospace bird story 
Um, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and pitch this to someone else or, or I've given your name to, you know, another agent that's inside our right. agency. We do that constantly. We actually have, we have a Slack app and we actually have a channel where we're doing that. Um, oh. So if I see something great and I think, Oh, cause now we have a big kidlet division. We have a lot of kidlet agents. And so I'll just, you know, here's this thing. It's beautiful. I can't take it. Anybody want to have a look at it? And so within our agency, we do that constantly, or we'll even do it like private email, like, Hey, I want somebody to take this. It's so good. You know, would you look at it? So we do do that. I, I share with Caitlin sometimes, you know, if I see something that I think is more Caitlin than me, I will share with her. I'm not buddy, buddy, buddies with a lot of agents. Maybe that's cause I'm a COVID agent, <laughs> you know, so I don't know a lot of people that tastes well enough to be recommending that way. Maybe after this conference, I'll be doing that more. Mm. But um, I, if you can't, if you can't use it and they're valuable, you do. It's like finding a home for the stray cat. You know, if there's a, if, if I think there's a good home somewhere, you know, you try to find it. If you, if you do have, so say you have those three clients who already fill your need for aerospace and birds, right? So do you <laughs> have- hundred from aerospace bird people. <laughs> <laughs> so are those, would those three clients be, you know, are they, are they similar only in the fact that they're, you know, it's similar subject matter or is it also like, okay, these are all like lyrically written or they're all fact-based or they're all funny or because what if you have three similar subject matters, but they differ in that way, then is it something else you would consider taking on? Like, oh, yes. you tell really funny stuff with all the stuff I really like, but it's different than this person who does the lyrical. So like I can represent you both. Yes. That's why I have three or four aerospace clients because I okay. I'm always, <laughs> always drawn to it. So I have somebody who does biographies that's in that field. I have somebody who does lyrical. I have somebody who does graphic novels. So then they're not competing with each other. It's still a subject I love. So I'll gravitate toward it and I'll fill up as many as I can because it's just a subject I love to read about. Um, so yeah, that's how that works. So okay. er really everyone should have a, almost a lane that's different from everybody else. And there's plenty of editors. Believe me, there's plenty of editors. So That's interesting. Um, and I, w I wonder how you balance that with the notion of an editor knowing what they're going to get when they get an email from Joyce. Oh, I see an email from Joyce. It's either going to be, you know, aerospace and birds or biographies. <laughs> or like, is there, um, do you and your colleagues think about the vibe that you try to create with your, you know, team, team of authors and illustrators so that an editor knows, knows what they can expect when they get pitched? No, I think it's other than professionalism. I want everybody to think I have professional people that'll be good to work with and things like that. But in subject matter and style, it's the opposite. You really want a rainbow. You really want everything so that the editor doesn't say, oh, it's Joyce Sweeney again. I know exactly what kind of manuscript mm. it's going to be. So it's exactly the opposite. You want a little bit of everything. It's like, oh, it's Joyce Sweeney. I don't know what I'm going to get. I'm intrigued from the get-go yes. because of the diverse uh, portfolio. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What if... What I'm just one more question because I'm really thinking about the aerospace and space and birds now and all the, all the clients you represented. I'm like, can I just tell you something? <laughs> an early interview I did with my dear friend Jonathan Rosen, who has now just joined the Seymour Agency as an agent, uh, which I'm super excited about. But he does a lot of blogging and um, mixed up files and things like that. Anyway, oh, he yeah. interviewed he interviewed me and he asked, "What was your favorite book as a child?" And I whimsically talked about a, a book that no one remembers because it was out of print for thousands of years now. And it was called Space Cat. And it was about this astronaut cat. And then oh. af after I gave that interview, you'd be surprised how many people had astronaut cat books that they were just pitching, pitching, <laughs> pitching to me. I know you like astronaut cats. Yeah, right. Oh, my, oh my god. It was a problem. <laughs> so thank you, Jonathan. That was great. <laughs> well, so my question is just, if you... If you get somebody who pitches you and you ask, you know, to see more work and they happen to be, you know, they happen to just have like a wide variety of stuff, even if they have the one that already fills that category that you're doing, if the rest of their stuff is different enough, you know, could you, you would take them on to represent that other stuff and just say, look, like this story, you know, I already have, I'm already representing this story, you know, in other clients. Um, when I ask for more work, it's because I've already decided I like what they gave me and I can use what they gave me. 
So I don't fish around and say, you know, this isn't right for me. What else do you have? Even if they're good writers, it's, it's kind of their job to figure out what to pitch, I think. So, um, but once I like something, I do ask for more. And I'm usually delighted if I see they have some range and they have some different places to go because you never know what's going to happen out there in the field. So, you know, if they have places to pivot to, that's, that can be great. Yeah. So you can have clients then that fill, you know, several different lanes. So that way you can sort of. Pick Those are some of my one. favorite clients because it's like, okay, everybody's in the rhyming lane today. Let's, can, can you do your other thing that you do? You know? Interesting. Um, this notion of what to query, because everybody's got lots of manuscripts, especially those of us that exist within the picture book space. Um, yes. We've heard other stories or I've heard other stories where, you know, you'll pitch one thing and you'll land them as a client and then something else will sell. I mean, that's, that's not that uncommon. Um, but this notion of, um, yeah, you're a really good writer. I just, you, you need to lead with what you think is going to fit best for me. And I'll only, only if I, as an agent am interested in that, that particular work, will I ask for more just to see the diversity and what, what else you do? Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, we wouldn't be able to function otherwise because if, if we were checking everybody who wrote well and saying, what else do you do right now? It's like 2000 queries a year. So now you're multi multiplying it where they're coming back with more and more and more. And they do that anyway, whether you ask them to or not. Like if you pass on it, you're like, well, how about this one? <laughs> it's just that revolving door. Uh, yeah. You get to see more whether you want to or not, I suppose. Yeah. So really in the, in the moment, it's either yes or no. It's either going to be yes or no on everything. Your writing, your choice of topics, whatever. Right. Now, whether or not the thing that you lead with is what sells is a completely different conversation. I suppose it may not be what gets pitched. It may not be once, you know, um, there was somebody, what just, what just happened? The last person that I just onboarded, um, had shown me something and I was like, it's the same, you know, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this. And, but there was something about her. So I actually did what you are saying, Josh. And I said, what else do you have? And she came back with two, brilliant, totally original, totally wonderful things. So she's now my client. So I guess that, I guess I'm wrong. I guess that does happen once in a while because there was something about her. I don't know. I didn't quite want to let her go. And so I did ask that question. What else do you have? So that does happen. You know, I mean, it's, that is just, I feel like that just really reinforces, you know, the fact, because people talk about the call all the time. How do you know? How do you know if this is the right agent? I mean, you don't really. Like, you sort of have, have a feeling, you have a vibe, and you have to just jump in. You have to just go for it and see what happens. But, you know, if you have that feeling like, well, I don't know, I really like this person. They're really, you know, I really like their writing. It's just this story in particular. Like, let me see what else. It's so, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, if you can't work with that person or you feel like, you know, it's not going to be a good fit, then yeah. I just remember the rest of the story. I know why I did that because it was a, it was an unprecedented thing. I know why I did that. I passed on her and she came back with an email that said, I read on the internet that you're really not supposed to come back and thank people. Cause I passed with compliments. She said, I, I heard you're not supposed to come back and thank cause it's clogging your email up even more. But in this case, I really wanted to appreciate what you said to me and whatever, whatever. And she went on and she was not only sweet but clever at the same time and I was listening to that voice and I was like you know you know I like you <laughs> on your thank you email <laughs> yeah so I had passed on her this is a person I just I'm just bringing in today oh, uh, I had wow. passed with her and because she had wrote that thank you note I went back around and then she showed me those two beautiful pieces and I was like I'm glad you said thank you <laughs> wow and I mean that that also just speaks to the character of, you know, this person, because, right, a lot of people would would read that and just be like, okay, well, you know, that was very sweet, but I'm not, you know, precedent says, you know, don't, don't clog up the email, don't respond, right? And so just move on. But she just really wanted to say thank you. And yeah, so, that said something that told me something yeah. about how she would function as a client, too. And mm -hmm. that, that is definitely a consideration. That's something that we weigh also. That's, I think why I always have a Zoom with a prospective client before I make an offer. Because I really want to feel, are we vibing? Do we understand each other? Do we communicate? Are you getting my jokes? You know, whatever it is. Totally. Yeah, totally. because, you know, we're going to be together in extreme circumstances. So if there's any feeling of friction or we don't understand each other, 
I don't, I don't want to go there, you know, and, because I'm a long-term person too. You know, there, there may be agents who like take people on for a little while and see, and then, you know, say goodbye. And I, I don't know that I'll be very good at that ever. I've never done it. Uh, but I don't think I'll ever be good at that. So it has to be like, do I really love you too? Can, can we go through tragedies together? Can we weather the totally. storm? You know, so. I feel like, I mean, not to say that the writing is not important because obviously it is, but I feel like that is almost more important. Like my husband often will joke with me and he's like, the only, the only like, caveat you have to someone being your friend is that they think you're funny. I'm like, well, I mean, that's not the only thing, but you know, I like that people get my jokes, right? Like I like if they like laugh along with me and they like, they get where I'm coming from. And if they don't, then yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to hang out with them, you know? I have to to get the vibe. I have to get the thing that is vibing. And then, then then I'm, so usually at the end of the zoom, you know, I'll either say, well, I'll get back to you or I'll say, you know, here you go. This is the call. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it's nice that there's, you know, not a lot of pressure. Like it's not, it's not the call. It's sort of like at the end, you're like, okay, well, you know, because the call gets so much pressure put on it, you know? Yeah. So again, I mean, pressing, pressing on that point, you set up a Zoom, a a preface to what you consider the call. Yes. So this is kind of like a, yeah, like an introductory kind of conversation with fewer stakes in it than what you would consider the call. And then do you you have an an additional, I would like to offer your representation. You asked me a bunch of questions about how this process works. Call after that. Well, the call is, but the the call is like, um, I'm going to ask you some questions and you ask me some questions and then we'll see. That's what, that's how the call set up. So they come with their agent questions. So they're interviewing me. I'm interviewing them. And just in the meantime, we're sort of feeling, is this feeling great or is this not feeling great? And so then, you know, and they're usually surprised that they get an offer at the end because I do set it up with a low expectation. That it's, this is just informational, you know, but as soon as I know, I'll, I'll, I'll be thinking in the back of my mind, okay, it's going to be a yes. <laughs> and they, then they're so excited because it's like, I thought this was just talking time. Well, and that's almost better that way too, because then they go in there uh, slightly more relaxed with lower expectations yes. and lower um, barriers to being who they are. Yes. And I'm keenly aware of how high pressured and frightening, you know, things like this are. Because when you start to think you're getting close to what you want, you you know, you're such a fragile little dandelion in the wind. (laughs) The the more clients can approach conversations like they're on a podcast with low, low stakes. uh, You know, this this has felt very, very unscary so far. (laughs) Oh, good. I might get scary later, but we'll see. We'll cut that part out. Yeah, exactly. The title of the episode, Joyce, is not scary. <laughs> true, that's true. I, I wrote I wrote a question down that I, I think I think that there's connective tissue here. It made more sense when we were talking about you know what what gets submitted and what gets written. I think I know the answer to the question, but it's it's worth talking through this notion of writing to spec, whether it's Space Cat or you know. <laughs> whatever else i remember caitlin last year tweeted tweeted something about oh i would love to see a, a picture book about boogers or snot or mucus or whatever and i was like you know that oh maybe i'll tr- i'll try that out and i never did because it didn't feel right for me yeah uh, i write for spec for my day job um, right. i write what i want for m- myself I, I mean would you go as far as discouraging people from writing specifically mm-hmm. to an agent's tastes mm-hmm yeah. And I, yeah, I've, I don't believe I've ever put out a tweet or anything like that saying, I would love to see this or that because I, I would love to see what you want to do and, mm-hmm. and get to know the real you. And if you're doing something forced, it probably won't come out that great anyway. Yeah. If you're you know trying to now, maybe somebody, you know, would match exactly something that I'm thinking of, but I don't even think that way. I don't actually sit around here thinking I want, I wish I had boogers or whatever. I, I, <laughs> I want the next space cat or <laughs> Other than that terrible interview, but um, no, I wouldn't because I, I really, I want to hear what is their passion because what I really am looking for is something different all the time, like something original that doesn't seem like my other clients or seem like anything I've ever seen. That's something I get excited. Like, who would I send that to? You know, and that's one of the, that's one of the indicators. Like if I'm looking at somebody's work and I think, oh, this editor, that editor, that editor, I bet they would all love to see this. That's mm. a huge factor in, you know, whether I would. But if, but if I love it and I'm thinking, 
I don't know anybody that is looking for this right now. Then I have to just be disciplined, even if I love it, hmm. because at the end of the day, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to take them out and not sell them. So you are in the relationship to sell their work, right? Yeah. Hmm. Correct. Yes. My mentor, Nicole famously said, your one and only job is to sell books. <laughs> you can do a lot you can of be other cool things. and vibe with people, but yeah. Yeah. But your one and only job is to sell books. Yes. How, is that universal? The, the notion of if you sign something, it's because you've got a target in mind. And I, and I'm, I'm asking, I'm digging into that just, just because, you know, you've got a couple of years under your belt. I, I don't, I, I don't have a good read on whether or not you had a lay of the land and new editor tastes and what they were looking for at, at that point. Uh, versus no, when I started, I'm... no, when I started, I had vague ideas. Cause again, I had seen editors, I go to SCBWI used to go twice a year and had done that for 20 years. So I've seen a lot of editors and gotten used to them and what I think their vibe was. And so I knew some things. Uh, one of the first sales I made was uh, to Tamar Brassus at Viking because I just remembered she was so sweet and she loved stories that were so sweet. And I had one client that had a very sweet, very lyrical nonfiction, if you can imagine a sweet nonfiction. Um, and so I thought of her and then even, you know, she held it for the longest time. We gave up on her. And then suddenly at Christmas, <laughs> at the end the of my first year, the sweetest day of the year, she <laughs> came back and said, is that still available? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that was, that's the only one I could think of. Where, well, no, I, I, my former editor, Kate Farrell, I matched with somebody because I knew her taste very well because she was my editor as a writer. So I knew her taste extremely well. So I did do a match that way, but mostly it's more like, and again, that's just value added. If I can really immediately think who I will send it to, but that's only now. My first year, I did not have. And I have to say, I have to say, the editors, by and large, were the most gracious. They know when you're new. <laughs> it's painfully obvious when you're new. And they, 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 most of them were so kind and they did redirects. Like, this is more what I do. Why don't you send it to so-and-so at my imprint? And things like that, it just like really kind. And that helped me to start getting a baseline of what they really wanted and needed. And also feelings for them. Like I'm very partial to those editors that are nice to me that, you know, have tried to help me along when I didn't understand who to send what to. It's not a, it's not a client relationship, but it, it is the same sort of thing with editors, I presume, is that they're trying to mold the agents that they interact with into people that will submit them good work and help them get sales. So exactly. It makes total exactly. sense for them to be super nice. We have, we all have a standard sign off. Is it looking forward? It's always, if it's a no, but looking forward to connecting on something else in the future. They say that to me. I say that to them because it's like, let's keep that door open. I don't want this agent to say, you know, you never win with me. So don't send me anything. So they're all, they, most of them are very welcoming and keep the door open. And again, help like tremendously help. And you know, there's so many changes too. Like they have to tell me, oh, so-and-so left the imprint and mm. somehow that slipped. I didn't see it in Publishers Weekly or whatever. And and so then they, again, a, a suggestion or something like that. I think that's because they are just as slammed as we are, more slammed probably for time. So that they take the time to say something personal back. That's very kind, I think. It is very like reassured. Yeah, reassuring, but also refreshing to hear that the kindness of the Kidlit community, you know, goes beyond, you know, the Twitter bubble of these writers just toiling, you know, trying to get their work out there and congratulating each other and celebrating. And it goes up through the agents and then even through to the editors, because you don't hear about that that often. I mean, it's we talk true. a lot about, the, you know, on our podcast about the Kidlit community and how generous and kind and thoughtful and just like, Everybody wants to give back and be a part of the successes, you know, nobody yeah. is trying to tear other people down. You know, we, no. there's just no room for that because we get so many no's in general. We want to be able to say yes. You know, we want to be able to like put that out exactly. there and, you know, have that positive energy. But it's really nice to hear that it goes all the way to the top. You know, they're also well, looking out for people. And agents in the middle of that, you know, we are saying no to a lot of people every day. Um, and we're also saying yes to select people that we think we can work with, you know, and so I, an editor is exactly the same, you know, they have to say a lot of no's because they're getting a ton of submissions every minute from all of us. Cause we're just like 
woodpeckers coming at them every minute with everything we have. Yes. So, you know, but they also, they need us because they want agented submissions. So they need a good relationship with as many agents as possible. Otherwise they don't have a nice pipeline full of juicy things that they can use. So, but they, you know, they hate to say no to, I think, you know, we, we, we authors, sometimes we think those cold editors, you know, all they do is crush our dreams, but they, and now that I'm working with editors on books, I see how excited they get about the books they love. And we're all like kids when these projects are coming together and, oh, we found the illustrator and look how great this is going to go. And, you know, it's, then we're all just kids together having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. And just acknowledging too, that it's not, it's not always the editor saying no, it's acquisitions and marketing and schedules and the rest of it. It's an right. entire pipeline that goes beyond those three steps. It is. Sure. It is. There's so, so many hurdles that you have to, you know, and, and part of my job is then to keep my client calm. Cause again, that dandelion. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. Well, we went, to, books. <laughs> we went to editorial, but now that we haven't been to acquisitions yet. So that's, we're not, not over the hurdle yet. And, you know, they haven't accepted the counter offer or whatever it is. So I've got your magic bean, but we're going to hold on to it until (laughs) we can celebrate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, Joyce, we're, we're sort of creeping up to the top of the hour and I know your time is very precious. So is there, is there anything that we missed that you want to tell the audience or, or say? You know, I just want to revert to my old identity, I guess, and just talk to the writers because it is hard and it is, it takes, all this takes much longer than you think. And don't look at social media and think everybody's an overnight success and everybody just is selling and I'm not. Sometimes the best people take the longest, in my experience, to place because they're unique and they're special and they're not just in a slot someplace. So you just have to find some way if you, you know, if you believe in yourself, just keep going and try one more day. Cause that one more day. And again, look at the story that I told this, this lady got a pass from me and now she's my client today. And we're just now signing the contracts today. And it was really just because she was who she was and that happened to vibrate with who I am. And so, you know, so you never know when's the moment that everything changes. And so just to hope for that and just keep trying and keep writing and keep studying and keep working and d- don't let yourself get discouraged. It just breaks my heart when people give up. So, so don't. <laughs> well, Joyce, I mean, thank you so much. That, that is great advice. And we just, we so enjoyed having you on. Thank you again. This was fun. I'll tell my friends. We'll get, we'll get you lots of agents. Please do. We'll lots of people to tag in the comments. <laughs> we, yeah, we would love it. You may contribute a verse. Thanks for listening this week. Find out more about us and our guests and the artists behind their cover and theme music at our websites, verse.show, renegenerate.com, and joshmoncourts.com. See you next verse. Bye.